Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Untuck. Today we're going to talk about income planning. It's one of the uh, core focuses of our retirement planning strategies, but really applies to everybody. Um, there was an article in the New York Times that we wanted to discuss. Then we are going to talk about splitting um, expenses, splitting gifts, um, traveling with friends and family, and, and how all of that works. And then finally, we will discuss booing uh, professional athletes and the recent um, kind of reaction to Mets players booing their fans. Our top five is top five voices. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Episode 56 of Untucked. This is Megan. And Mike. And this is Jeff. Meg, this fun fact is more directed at you. Love it. Did you know that 95% of the wasabi that's served in sushi restaurants is not wasabi? It's not real wasabi. What is it? It's like a a concoction of um, horseradish... Mm-hmm. mustard seed and like a green coloring mm. did you know that mike no 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 you're shaking your head in, in agreement i thought it's, it looked like you knew you knew it no i did not why is there like a wasabi scarcity there's a couple <laughs> theories around it okay uh it's wasabi is only grown in like hills in japan okay um i read somewhere there was like supposedly an illegal import although it's not illegal okay uh, i just think it's very rare and expensive to actually get real wasabi uh-huh. so they just make their make own. fake shit up and we think we're eating wasabi well i'm not mad that it's real things like it's at least it's not this completely fake concoction i mean i can get down with horseradish and mustard seeds like at least it's not like chemicals but the real wasabi is way more flavorful, oh, way more sure. impactful. So it's, do you think you've ever had real wasabi? I, I don't think I've ever had real wasabi. Chances yeah. are probably you haven't. Yeah. Never. And I really am not disappointed with my sushi intake or the wasabi accompaniment to this to date. You can't say that when you have nothing to compare it to. That's you... exactly why I can say it. <laughs> <laughs> I was disappointed, man. Eh, I'll live with it. I might have had real wasabi in Asia. Maybe. I yes. think you would have known. Maybe. Unless you went to Americanized places in Asia. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Good fun fact. All right. What do we got? Philly. I mean, are Philly we talking sports? Phillies again? We have to. And I don't know what to do here because every time I, we do this pod and I'm like, oh, my God, they're eight and two. They're back in it. They literally lose like six in a row. You said that last time. I know. And then... And then when I say I'm done with them, they win five. They just won five in a row. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to try to stay neutral. They're two and a half back from the Braves now because they've won, like I said, five in a row. The Braves, I think, have lost two or three in a row. They're banged up, but they're only two and a half back. And there's really, I mean, nothing else to left. <laughs> It's the month of September, and they play in the they play in, the entire month basically. Yeah, the remaining schedule they play right now with their schedule. They have six. They play six te- six games against teams with winning records. So their their so their schedule has, has not been a great uh, indicator. No, before no, it has not. Um, so they're in it, and I mean, I, I literally said to my yeah. father-in-law, "I'm done with them." When I was watching the game over the weekend, and they just sucked, and he said he was still in, and I said, "I'm done." I toe tagged him. I'm done, and I'm, I mean, I'm, of course, I'm back. I'm watching the game last night. Uh, I actually tuned out last night because they just couldn't, they couldn't seem to 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 stay ahead. Right? They were up. They were down three nothing. 
McCutcheon hits a two-run homer to make it 3-2. They don't get any more runs that inning. The very bottom of that inning, because they're playing in Washington, Washington hits a two-run homer. They're mm-hmm. back down three. And I'm like, I'm done. Why am I, why am I doing this to myself? I checked the score maybe an hour later. The, the Phils are winning 9-5. They end up winning 12-5. Like, crazy. Wild. <laughs> I guess I'm in still. I got nothing else to root for. Yeah. I have nothing to add. On 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 the Phillies. Phillies, yeah, I, I don't. Know. You guys like you've you've put in, you've put no, you haven't even like taken a glimpse to see how Bryce Harper's doing. He's having a really good year, and it's like super entertaining, and you're 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 just missing all of it. You don't care. Correct. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> wow, you guys are maybe you're great care. co-hosts. I really appreciate all the. I mean, when I turn on my TV. And it, it's like live TV and the sports is right there. And it says Phillies. Were they playing the Rockies yesterday? No, they're playing the Washington, Washington Nationals. National. Were they playing the Rockies recently? No, they were not. All right. Well, maybe I'm just... Obviously, Colorado Rockies? Yeah. No, obviously, I'm not paying that close, close of attention. I see the little Phillies emblem and I'm like, click, 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 click through. So it's not even on my screen anymore. Yeah. Harper's having like a, a great year. He's carrying the team. It's, and that's kind of cool to watch. To see his level of play elevating. Like last night, they had no one in the lineup. Reese is done for the year. Rio Muto is not playing. He's hurt. I mean, they're all banged up. They so had a, I'm sorry. They're, so, shitty lineup, and their pitcher who pitched sucked. Like Matt Moore sucked last night. Could not throw a strike to save his life. Sorry, I'm done. When you say. Bryce Harper is elevating his play. He's hitting better. Yeah, like that's it, right? We're not. Ta- his defense has always been good. Okay. Yeah, he's he, he's got an he's got a rocking arm. His defense has always he's he's always been good in the outfield. Okay. And he's hitting the ball well. Yeah. Okay. When it matters, guys on base, he's hitting home runs, getting on base. He hit a a bunt down the line, down the third baseline, um, to start the I guess it was the third inning. I mean, it was like the perfect bunt, straight down the line, just past the bag. And like for Bryce Harper to do that, which he, it was completely unexpected because why, why is he going to bunt? He's the first batter of the inning. Uh, just playing really well. It's fun to watch for those of us who are baseball fans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm taking the fan to a game so before out. in September, no doubt. Good. My kids have. Keep reminding me they've never seen the Phillies win in person. So maybe you should keep them home. I'm trying. No, we got to break. We got to break the trend, man. <laughs> and they've never seen the Phillies hit a home run live. So I, I got to get them to a game. They have. We got to get a win and a homer. It's asking a lot, but yeah, I think we could do it. All right. We got to talk about the. We got to talk about the Sixers. What do you got? Ben uh, came out and said he wants out. Yeah, I heard that. I'm like, I'm just over. I mean, I'm not going to say I told you so, Meg. <laughs> I'm just so over this guy. Yeah. He's got to go. Yes. I just don't know how realistic it is that he goes. What do you mean? Like, give me a bag of balls for him. I don't care. I know. I, I know. I feel the same way. But everybody, now they're talking about, so... He is um, represented by Rich Paul, and Rich Paul also represents Tyrese Maxey. And Rich Paul came out and was like, wherever Ben goes, Tyrese goes. And, like, that sucks. Shut up, Rich Paul. <laughs> no, Rich Paul runs the league. Like, he is – I mean, he's he, he runs Clutch Sports, which is LeBron's agency. That's, like, he's – what he says happens. That's what's wrong with the NBA. You have what? the players who are band together, and they go and they go to pick a city that they're going to create a super team in, and it's a joke. I mean, this is far from a super team creation. But the same concept, <laughs> like, oh well, if Ben's going, where are my other clients going? And you know, like, All right. and what other sport does that ever happen? None. Well, so there's some additional drama to all of this. So Ben last night comes out and says, well. There's a report that he says he wants to be traded to any of the other teams in the NBA and does not want to play in Philadelphia and that he does not plan to report to training camp. 
And then it came out and was like, there's no riff. Like, they're trying to do, like, damage control or whatever. So then Joe starts tweeting this morning. Have you read Joe's tweets? Yeah, I, I saw that he was, like, he was kind of bashing the fans. Yeah, he's trying to pick up for Ben. And this is the way I interpret it. I haven't forgotten, but two years ago I got booed. People in Philly wanted me to be traded. I even shushed them. Only the real ones didn't, but I just put the work in that offseason to be better because I knew I wasn't playing up to my potential. Philly fans, y'all also got to be better. From my own experience, y'all have no idea how much this media makes up stuff for followers and shame on you for believing them. For clarity, I love the criticism. I love when I'm told I can't do something. It makes me work harder to prove everyone wrong, but not everyone is built like that, i.e. Ben Simmons. What Joe said is is a little bit separate from – well, I mean, it's not separate from Ben, but, like, he's trying to pick up for Ben, right? He's trying to make this look as um, unimportant and irrelevant as possible, even though it's – the most important and the most relevant storyline for that team. Like, without Ben or without a quality, like, um, trade for Ben, this team is done. With, Joe's, with Ben, this team is done, so it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, the, I'm, I'm saying that the alternative that we're talking about is without a quality haul for Ben. Joe's, like, his, his window is closed. Yeah, I mean... Does this put the nail in the tanking coffin? The process, you mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it does. It should, shouldn't it? Yes. <clears throat> Been saying it for a year and a half now. <laughs> I don't know why Joe comes at the fans. You can defend Ben. Just don't come at us. Don't come at us, man. Because during the playoffs, the fans had Ben's back. Yes. They were cheering hard for him, dude, to yes. to take a shot, to make a free throw. Yes. And then he disappeared in the Atlanta series, and they gave him shit for it. Yeah. Shit he deserves. Yeah. I don't I don't I mean I don't disagree. Uh, you're right. Like there was and and it was the same with with Fultz, right? Like Philly was behind him, was behind Ben, has wanted Ben to be this player that we've talked about him being for four years. And he's just, he's it has not panned out. And I agree that, like, this isn't a fan problem, but I also can appreciate Joe's attempt at trying to like make less light of less of the situation that is ultimately going to define this season. Like this is him trying to be like, let's just get to camp. And I guess the only way he felt he could do that because Ben's a baby is to placate him. I uh, appreciate your loyalty. Like you can like the people that you like can basically shit on you and you still won't give them a hard time, which you're in love with Joe. It's okay to be like, Joe. But this isn't about Joe. This is about Ben. He made it about him when he, when he makes a tweet telling the fans they got to be better. No, he's trying, he's making it about him. So maybe someone will stop talking about Ben. Look, Joe's window is closed. If they keep Ben, Joe's window is closed. If they can't get anyone for Ben. If I'm him, I'd be like, all right, let's get this guy the hell out of here and please get me someone good. Ain't that easy. But yeah, love to see that happen. <laughs> Trending down. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Watch the Eagles come out and win the freaking Super Bowl this year. No chance. Because they, I mean, I, no one has any expectations for them to even like get past six wins, maybe even four wins. But yeah, I don't know. Trending down. Yeah, across yeah, the board. Philly sports suck. Except for the Phils. Flyers. Trending up. Flyers, Flyers. <laughs> a lot of new faces, new chemistry. <laughs> How come you always give me shit for picking up for the people who suck, but like Mike can just talk about somebody we've never heard? Is it because we don't know who they are? He's complete. That's part of it. That's part of it. He's completely brainwashed, dude. Flyers fans are a different animal. They're completely brainwashed. See, I don't. I wouldn't call myself that. They're my favorite team, but I'm like a hockey fan first. So I'm not just like, oh, the Flyers aren't 
if they're playing like shit, I'm never watching them. I watch every game I can. Right. So like, and I'm criti- I'm super critical of players who aren't doing the job. Every. I, just, I think that they've had. They, they've they've had so much unfortunate, and I don't want to say luck. But things happen to that franchise. I mean, I don't want to get into it now. It <laughs> every franchise. No, no, Come no, on, no. stop we'll, it. We'll, we'll, do a, we'll, we'll carve out some time to talk about the incredible bad luck that that franchise has Well, had. like Jeremy Roenick hooking up with like somebody else's wife or something like that? No, they get the, the, they're the worst team in the league, and they're supposed to get Patrick Kane in the draft, and they get the number two ping pong ball, and they get JVR. Yeah. Like that. Like that's franchise-defining uh, stuff that's just the, mm. the bounce of a ping pong ball. Since I've known you, every se- every beginning of the season, you're like, this is it. They got a great, <laughs> no, te- they got I, a great team this year. I usually year. say I think they're going to be good. I think they're a playoff <laughs> team. You say that every year. And every other year, they're not a playoff team. <laughs> So I'm batting 500. <laughs> All right, let's get into our articles so we can uh, get we'll to the back. get we'll, to the we'll third article. Um, all right, so for Coach's Corner today, the problem of decumulation is a tricky one, even for Nobel Prize winning economists. Um, this was written by Peter Coy in the New York Times. Um, Peter's article, which was in the opinion section of the Times, discusses the difficulty of retirement income planning, one of the main concerns people bring to us. He suggests a couple of possibilities, none of which offer a one-size-fits-all solution to get readers thinking about their income plan options. So the gist of this article was um, really taking income from your investments when you retire, right? Yes. And things to consider. Right. Why why it can be tricky to to just kind of set it and forget it, right? Sure. Which I think most people kind of go into retirement with that. I would say most people who don't have advisors just what well, what I've seen is the biggest issue is twofold. It's number one, just going into retirement with the same allocation that they had to accumulate as to de- decumulate, which they're completely op- opposing goals, but for some reason people just do the same thing. It's like I was 80, 90% equity going in and I'm going to be 80, 90% equity when I'm taking money out. Well, can I just, it's not for some, for no reason or for some reason, it's because it worked. Sure. Right? Yeah. That's why they do that. Yeah. And then the second issue is they don't put a whole lot of, priority on how they're going to withdraw that money. It's just, well, you have the people that's like, oh, I'll just take the uh, dividends and interest, which is never enough from, from the demographic that we work with and the people that I've talked to, interest and dividends just aren't enough. I don't know if they used to be enough, Mike. Have interest and dividend kind of have yields come down over the last 30 years? Yeah, but it doesn't change the the point, which is that if interest rates are higher, then normally inflation's all higher, and so your your erosion of your purchasing power is faster. So you have the same problem, which is that if you're just looking at it like I'll live off the interest and dividends and I'll keep the principal intact, that doesn't work. If you have any time to live, that doesn't mm-hmm. work because of inflation. So I don't think it changes the, the math at all. Have historical like dividend yields gone down? Yeah, like dividends generally. on stocks. Yeah, but. Yeah, they have, but they're still there. Because I look at a nice, well-balanced portfolio that we have, and you're looking at about a point and a half, maybe two points on the high side as far as yield. Um, yeah, I think there's a couple things. Like there's a there's there's just far more, I'll call them like growth and technology companies that are sizable that make up a bigger piece of the market that don't pay dividends. Whereas it used to be like, oh, it's Philip Morris and it's utilities and it's you know, IBM and all the dividend payers that were paying four, five, six percent yield. So that's not the norm anymore. Yeah. So. so one of the things this guy talked about was like keeping your portfolio steady, but adjusting your spending or keeping your spending steady and let your portfolio fluctuate. So I, I just didn't see either one of them as being a viable option. So the latter or the, the, the former is... Right, so I have a million bucks. 
I'm going to take uh, 4% from it. That's 40,000 this year that I'm going to draw from it. But then that 40, that million bucks over the course of the year or by the end of the year goes down to 800,000. I'm going to take 4% of that, which is now 32 grand for the following year's income. Like that's not realistic. No one, you set a budget and that's your budget. And very few people, whether you're retired or not retired or or a young family accumulating wealth, very few people can adjust their budget once they've gotten to a certain level. I mean, there's some wiggle room, but you know, it's like, well, I can get rid of the country club membership, but as far as your lifestyle, I don't, I don't think budget changes that much. Yeah, I think this whole article is one of those, to me, falls under the category of don't try to write um, an article in a, in a paper or on the internet on this subject to try to be helpful to people because like if you're looking around for, all right, what kinds of like funds should I invest in? What what's then any sensible internet research is going to point you towards diversify, low cost index funds, you know, that kind of thing. Don't market time. Don't try to pick stocks. And that's, that's like basic advice that really I think applies everywhere. Income and spending strategy. You know, you're talking about timing of it, sequence of it, um, the source of it, which taxable is versus all non-taxable. incredibly personal and ever-changing. You can't write an article and then give people like decent advice on how to think about it. I think it's. I, I think this misses the mark because this is such a core issue of financial planning that you can't. You, you need help. You need. You need individual help that that ties itself that ties that help to your situation and your expectations and all the different moving parts. It's not an article to me. It's a huge topic, and yeah. it's and it's not even just centered with retirement planning. Like Meg and Melissa and I met a week or two ago and it was about, we were talking about costs that we were gonna have coming up or projects we're gonna do. And I was talking to her about like, well, where where should I finance it from? Like, should we use income? Should we use savings? Should we use a line of credit? Should we borrow, right? Yeah, should, right. So it's all, I mean, I tie that into the same thing. And me even being as a planner, I mean, I, I know that I'm biased and I'm emotional about my money and leaning on Meg for, yeah, I mean, if you can, borrow at X amount, that may be a good option. Or if we have the cash set aside, which doesn't even look like we need it for the next year or two, lean on that and then we'll refill it in the next year. I mean, having that advice is huge. And it's, I agree with you. It's very hard to take the income draw or income plan or expense plan. Like where do I pay for this expense and sum it up in, in, in a paper? Because everyone's situation is unique and I think it makes it extremely difficult I mean, the one was like, do I do an immediate annuity? Immediate annuities haven't been attractive for like 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Like the, also the way that the article is kind of written, it's, it's almost as if these strategies are all or nothing, meaning you have to do one or the other. You keep your spending steady and allow your assets to fluctuate, or you do the opposite you keep your nest egg or convert it to a stream of monthly checks. Like I can't think of an income plan that we've put together that is an all or nothing solution, right? There's there's nuance to each of them that that is not this is exactly how you're going to do it every month or every year when you need money, right? It's it's so dependent on your circumstance, your goals, the market um and, and the way that this is presented, it's like, oh, here are, you know, two or three options that you should do. I just interpret it like I can't even imagine, like, I can't believe anyone would interpret this like, oh, this is my solution, right? By reading four paragraphs from this person, like, I got it. Like, it couldn't be further from, yeah, and from I think, helpful. I think so, you know. There are these funds that have been launched. Vanguard has one. It's called the Managed Payout Fund. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Oh, no. yeah, very familiar. <laughs> so a lot of the fund companies are, you know, they, they're correctly identifying that this is a key, key issue for a lot of, call it retirees, which is how do I, like, and so, so the fund's marketed as it's a diversified fund. It's just a mutual fund, but it's designed to allow you and, and, to, and to deliver, say, 4% a year in distributions well it doesn't work and it's not that successful it doesn't have a lot of assets in it because it's really it's like what we're talking about I, there isn't a one fund that you can we believe that you can invest in that's going to just be set up to do that indefinitely you 
we talk about all the time, compartmentalizing money, bucketizing, having contingency money over here for this scenario, for that scenario, because I don't think that you can, everyone loves, loves the idea of having just a real simple one fund solution that's going to deliver a 4% annual return and grow your, grow your investment over time. It's not, it's not realistic. Yeah, I saw the title and I was excited to read the article because this is such a big part of financial planning and a lot of the planning that we do around here. And I'm like, as I'm reading the headline, I'm like, oh man, we're like, there's definitely going to be some things that we incorporate here as far as our advice to people, as far as how to draw income. There wasn't like, one. Like, nope, nope. Yeah, nothing. Nope. Um, not even like when, it, even with the immediate annuity where like you take a million bucks and you give it to an insurance company and then they're going to give you, um, you know, $15,000 a year for the rest of your life or whatever the number is. Um he didn't even talk about that in a, in, a, in a real applicable way from the standpoint of if you want to think about an immediate annuity, maybe you look at your fixed expenses and you want 80% of those fixed expenses to be covered by a fixed annuity where you give or an, uh, an immediate annuity where you give an insurance company half a million bucks because you have another three and a half million or whatever the numbers are, are making this up. And that immediate annuity is going to cover half of your fixed. I mean, it wasn't even that. It was just. It was tough. Yeah. It's just a, I mean, it, again, just to, to repeat, it's just, it's a core and fundamental subject of financial planning that requires a lot of time and energy and input and discussion, not not just you read a, you know, 400 word article and you're like, oh, okay, I got it. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of the people that we come across struggle with it when, when, I mean, it's one of the main concerns they have, which is, okay, I have it all now. Like, how, how do I do it? Mm-hmm. How do I structure it? How do I? And I think it's only going to be a bigger concern because as, you know, the people that we work with get older and then they leave money to the next generation and we're now working with that age group of people, things like, you know, fixed income sources, pensions, right, are going to go away. Yeah. So the idea is like you're going to have to have saved more money and you're going to have to be even more kind of careful and deliberate with your with your income strategy because we're not going to have the pensions that right now are a very valuable fixed source of income Um, and you know they're reporting that social security is going to run out in 2033 now so yeah, lost a year. Who knows? It was, was going to be twenty thirty four now. <laughs> but I just think income planning, as as important as it is for kind of like today's retiree, the next generation, the generation after that, and the generation that is going to be even more important. Yeah, and there's really not a lot you can do, can do as you're accumulating to prepare for it, right? Well, you can like you can diversify your you know the types of accounts you're saving in. Yeah, that's true. You know, mm-hmm. you can build money in in different types of buckets, so at least you have some flexibility. When it comes to deciding where do I take my money from, but yeah, it's it's you got to save it. <laughs> yeah, which is I didn't even think about that, Meg. I mean, one of the biggest issues that that or a, a big issue that we see is most people come to us and say I'm retiring, and like every dollar they have is in their 401k or yep. IRA, yep. and it's all income taxable to them. And if they had just started doing a little Roth 401k or a little non-IRA contributions. 10, 15 years ago, they'd, they'd be in a much better tax situation. Yeah. Peter Coy, swing and a miss. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next topic is one that we discussed a couple of days ago. Um, splitting expenses with friends and family. We've all split stuff with friends and family, yeah. right? Whether it be uh, getting a gift for mom's 70th birthday and the siblings are chipping in. How do you, how do you divvy that? Um, we all go out to dinner or go out to lunch or go out to eat or go to a bar with friends and family. And there's always that. It used to be like the round, right? You get this round. I get, yeah. We could talk about the complexities and failures of that. And then it's traveling together, right? Like we're renting a shore house or something like that. Or we're going somewhere and somebody put the trip together and somebody bought you a plane ticket. And like, how do you, I'm very curious to see how you guys kind of work all that stuff out. Uh, for me, it's like, it's rant. It's, there's no way it works. It's, it's different every, in every case that you just described. In every trip I go on, every time I go out to eat, it seems to be like. Random? I mean, 
aside from maybe like going to dinner with two or three friends and us all throwing our card in and it being divided equally, which occurs more often than not. Um, yeah, it's it's random. Like trips, nightmare. Have you guys ever heard of the app Splitwise? No. No. So we all have we all know Venmo, right? And it's just Splitwise is like it's Venmo to to the extent where you're able to input various expenses that you yourself or anybody on the trip will say pays for and then it automatically divvies it up among the people on the trip that you'd like to divide it among. So I go on a bachelorette party myself and six other girls, but one of the girls is the bachelorette, so we're not including her in things, so we're dividing everything by five. Mm -hmm. I can put the expense into Splitwise. It automatically divides it by five, and then it keeps like a running tally for everybody. And then at the end, everybody gets a text, and it's essentially like Mike owes Megan this amount, Megan owes Jeff this amount, but because Jeff paid for more of of what I would have owed him, then... You don't owe me anything. Like it works it all out. So, are you the only one that inputs the information? I um, or like everyone can. Okay, so if I if yeah. I paid for the cab ride, yes, you can put it. I into put it in. Cab ride was ninety bucks. Yes. Okay. Yes. So like that. I, I just said cab ride. Sorry. <laughs> like that. I guess element of it has made it a bit easier because you don't have to necessarily like keep as close of a track of track. Yeah, that sounds cool. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just all about the magnitude. Like, if it's just a dinner that's not very expensive, it's really common for just one person to pick it up and then get me next time. Kind of just informal, and that usually works. Although there's always the there's, there's always the person who kind of I can see that with like one other person or one other couple. But I feel like the second there's a third, like you're paying for if you go out with two other couples, one couple will pick up the whole bill. Sometimes, hmm. yeah, because we know that there'll be another couple of dinners like that or yeah. outings during the course of even even the year, and you just kind of, oh, I got this. I don't know. I mean, oh, I, one one thing about Venmo. Does anybody find it incredibly odd that in this at this stage of the game, so many people don't know that their default Venmo account is public? Public. Yeah, it is odd. I find that incredibly shocking. shocking. Mm-hmm. So mine's private, which you can see that other people can see that I paid Megan, but then it can't see the amount. No, they can't. No, even see they that can't. You paid. Oh, they can't even activity. see that. Your friends can though. So there's like okay, a friends component of Venmo, which I don't know why anybody asks to be anybody's friend. But like, if you're my friend, I can see your activity. But you can't but see if the Mike's amount. not your friend. He can't see anything that gotcha. you're doing. <clears throat> yeah, it is odd. But anyway, that was just a little tangent. The, the whole dining component gets – there's a variable that changes it, though. It, it depends on how well you know the people. Because if you're out to dinner with, like, people that you aren't, like, super good friends with, I handle those situations differently. That's more of, like, a an even split. Like, hey, let's just even split it. Or mm-hmm. I'll treat you. But with with closer friends, it's, it's like what you just said. If somebody picks it up. What about the person who, like, itemizes the bill? I can't stand it. They're the worst kind of people. I can't stand it. You just don't hang out with them anymore. Yeah, yeah. I have, um, I know people that, and I I can't eat with them. I can't go out to eat with them where they'll get the bill and they'll look at it to see how much they charged in tax on the bill and make sure we don't tip on the tax. And then other people go further and they'll calculate the alcohol piece of it. And in their mind, that's not like 15, 20% or whatever the tip would be. Right. That's like a either, it's almost nothing. Right. Like, we don't tip on booze and we don't tip on tax. Like, right. are you kidding me? Like, right. what, like, what are you I, saving? You're saving like $4. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know those people. So yeah, I, yeah. you really? Oh man, it's 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 brutal. Yeah. I don't I don't like the like what you mentioned, Meg. The you're out with six girls, and there's six credit cards thrown in. No, if it's six, so then it's one person's card, and we Venmo. Like I pay, and then everybody I split it like we split it amongst, and everyone Venmos me. We go to like uh, like lunch with the hockey team after a game. I mean, I feel so bad for the. For the yeah. waitress or Everybody waiter. Gives oh, number. Yeah. 
You get a number, number, and they're, they're running like seventeen tabs. tabs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's awful. Nightmare. But but in that scenario, like what I mean, that's unfortunate for the server, but how else are you gonna do it? Like have somebody put their card in for with eighteen like Yeah, like parents, that's a nightmare you, too. Some of them you don't really credit, know or like. Credit card roulette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would if if I think with so my two roommates and I, it, it it was three of us a lot. And it was like, okay, we'll all just throw in our card. But after three, yeah, it's like one credit card lands and then you you divvy it up um and that's kind of how it works when we go on trips too it's like okay i in that case though it's more like oh i got lunch you'll get dinner right so like we're maybe not keeping as close to track although this bachelor bachelorette party i went on most recently we did that whole split wise thing i was describing and before i said to the girls like hey this is what we're gonna do i just asked hey if anyone covered anything let me know what it was because I didn't realize the app could let everyone do it, whatever. Girls were giving me like Uber rides. Like, oh, I paid like $13 for an Uber for all of us. And I was like, we're really going to do Uber rides? So then I – because like I, I like that to me doesn't count. Like we're all going to get an Uber whether it's to the bar or right. from the bar. It's – it's going to be a wash at some point. But yeah, when you pay for dinner for seven people, dinner and drinks, like that should absolutely get sure. split. But when they started including Ubers, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> can we not do Ubers, guys? Like it's just a nightmare. I'm not putting $12.40 into this stupid app. So so we have, we've had a bunch of these happen where let's say it's one of our wives' birthdays. Or husbands, for that matter. And and the, the spouse invites a group to dinner. And it's like 10, 12 people. Nice dinner. You know, hefty bill. Typically, the person that invited, that set up and organized the dinner, takes care of it. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of like falls on the next person who does that to do the same thing. I think that's, that's the gift. I mean, that's what you do. If you're going to say, hey, I'm throw I, I want to take six couples out to dinner for melissa's birthday that's part of her gift it's on me i mean i think you absolutely have to pick up that bill can you tell pam that that was part of her gift <laughs> <laughs> i think i missed that, that i think i think the traveling one is the hardest one because the going out to eat you you can figure it out venmo's pretty simple you, yeah. the, the the splitting the throwing in credit cards has become very easy for the for the restaurants now how's traveling any any different i think traveling is hard because if you're getting like if there's a rental car you just you know i'm thinking more like you you rented a house Uh like a beach house and you have four couples or in my in my life it's my mother and father-in-law my brother-in-law and his wife my other brother-in-law and his wife my my sister-in-law and her and her husband and you're buying food for the house and somebody's drinking my Gatorade and somebody drank the three bottles of wine I bought. It starts to get, and you're like, when is this guy going to go out and make a beer run? Right, or I, someone cheats out on their run. Yeah, like yep. yeah, do yeah. The same, You've heard like, some of my, yeah, yeah. Those <laughs> dynamics get, make it a little wonky. But I think that's like when you were saying you don't hang out with, you don't go out to eat with people who tip on tax. Like you don't travel with people who who don't, who don't view that stuff the same way you do. Yeah. Right. Or, or you try to avoid it as much as possible. But every yeah. now and then. Or they're Johnny Empty Hands. They show up <laughs> never with anything in tow. Although right? now, with like Drizzly and Instacart. You... Drizzly? What the hell is so that? So Drizzly is an alcohol delivery service. We went to Nashville. Mm-hmm. We got out of our Uber from the airport. And within a half an hour, we had all of our alcohol for the weekend delivered and all of our food for the weekend delivered. And I wow. literally just had the receipts. And I was like, I don't care if you drink all of it or none of it. It is here for our use. You are contributing. Yeah. And it was like, we didn't have to make runs. We didn't have to leave it up to anybody else, any one person to like, oh, I'm going to spend less on the Gatorade because I don't drink it. Right. Like, it's all here. I asked for everybody's input as to what they wanted. Got as much of it as we could. And it made that piece of it like in, in a non-issue. So on the gift front, right? Like we've all probably got, got in on a gift for mom and dad with our siblings or something like that, or something like that. Do you settle up with everyone before the gift is given or do you wait until after the gift is given? 
And then like, you know, you've had the party, you gave mom, you know, you gave mom the bike for the beach cruiser that she always wanted. And you're just waiting on brother two to like finally pay up. Um, I do, I, I pay for all of the gifts. So I have four siblings and I pay for all of them. And then collect? And then collect. You're the collector. And I would say I don't in, like wait. <laughs> but I also don't think I have much control over that. Because I'm also not going to hunt people down. Right. But um, to me, it's like if, if I owe somebody money for a gift, like as soon as it is, I am told what that amount is, I'm sending the money and being done with it. Um, my siblings... <laughs> can't speak for everybody my siblings don't feel the same way <laughs> it creates contention it creates i totally could see how it could yeah yeah when you have that one sibling that you're always like yeah. always waiting you gotta hunt them down it's yeah. freaking annoying yeah and i'm a rounder upper if i didn't have to buy the gift or deliver it or do anything like that like or wrap it or anything, like it's gonna be like 80 bucks. Okay, man, here's a hundred. Yeah. Just like, thank you for, for organizing, for picking up, for delivering. Yeah. I don't have that. I have one sibling. There's no hunting. It's, and it's after the fact, just, Hey, what was it? Okay. It's done. So pretty cordial. Very, yeah. Never an issue. Well, I would love to hear our, uh, our listeners, uh, <laughs> feedback. Just dial in, send us an email. No, tweet us. Or tweet us with, uh, with your stories about, <laughs> Gift splitting. <laughs> All right. So we talked about this a little bit at the beginning when we talked when we were discussing the Sixers. Um, the Mets players have started giving their own fans thumbs downs because they're tired of being booed. So we've just, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys had heard about this. But I saw it all over Twitter, but I found this article just so we had a reference point. But Scott Davis from Insider.com describes or wrote an article. Um, a handful of New York Mets players made headlines on Sunday for booing their own fans. Infielder Javier Baez explained that the players are tired of being booed by fans, so they decided to return the sentiment by getting on base and giving a thumbs-down gesture to their fans during the game. Twitter loved it. Mets fans in the organization, not so much. I know we're going to disagree on this. <laughs> I don't know if we will. I have no tolerance for racial slurs or inappropriate remarks to athletes, right? Like once it gets personal, I have a problem because they're humans. When we're talking about the sport, you got to man the hell up. I mean, you're, you're going to get booed. Suck it up. Yeah, this is just not surprising. <laughs> Butthurt, entitled, overpaid athletes get, being so sensitive because the fans are booing them because their performance is blows and they, and they can't help themselves, but try to like, I, I mean, I feel the same way as you. I'm sure Jeff, it's like, you're, I don't think I've ever booed. I don't, I don't recall ever booing anyone. Cause I just don't do that. Oh um, my God. I've booed. I've booed my own team. Absolutely. Yeah. I've but I just, booed. but, but like if, if, um, if the Flyers are coming off a first period where they sucked and they're getting booed on the way to the dressing room, I mean, I'm not, I'm okay. You're I'm, clapping. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm yeah. not booing, but I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm like, yeah, you deserved it. Like, you come out and play better. I mean, you're hearing it from your, the paying, the paying, you know, fans. This is no different. And, and one of the, um, I forget who it was, they tweeted, yeah, so you're, you give the thumbs down to the 10 year old boy or girl who's wearing your jersey yeah you know? i saw that you know and it's like so true like you're you're how many zeros are in your paycheck and it's because of the people that you're that are there being entertained by you and the infrastructure that the whole yes uh sport has put together to allow you to enjoy that like, you're getting paid because of those people yeah if they don't show up you don't get paid you get paid because of TV contracts. They don't get paid because of tickets. There wouldn't be TV contracts if no one gave a right. shit about your sport. But but we have but like that like very don't oversimplify it. Like the guy buying the ticket is not paying anyone's salary. 
He's paying the salary of the the beer person. They are blessed that they have the abilities they have to totally. play professional sports. And Absolutely. If, professional, if there were no fans, professional sports wouldn't exist, and they wouldn't get paid the way they're getting paid. What, when did this? And I, I I hate that I sound like an old freaking yep. baby boomer. Yep. But <laughs> when did these kid people get so soft? Danny Green giving us shit. We got to be better. Shut up, Danny. Like these guys, like oh, you can't boo, you can't boo your own team if they if they play like shit. I, it blows my mind, dude. Man up. Look at like Donovan McNabb is a bad example, but like even him, like he shot back a little bit, but he wasn't like no a whiner baby like all these people. <laughs> one of the one of the like biggest faux pas. I'm going back to hockey, but. Especially when a team's on a power play, the amount of fans that yell shoot every time the puck touches the stick of one of the players is incredible. And it's a, it's a running joke because these fans don't know anything about how the game is played and sure. what they're trying to do out there. Sure. They're not supposed to shoot the puck every time it gets comes on their stick. Now, in that case, I would love a thumbs down to those fans. <laughs> no, you don't know what you're talking about. But uh, in, in power plays, it's very common that boos happen when they're not getting a shot off, right? It's been it's a two minute penalty and it's been a minute. Yeah, if they haven't and they they haven't, the zone. and they haven't done it. Like yeah. that happens a lot in hockey. Sure, yeah. I I can't get over how soft this generation has become. I I agree that there absolutely is a level to which we as fans should expect our the teams that we root for and the players that we root for to play, right? They should – yes, I completely agree. And, and I think, yeah, booing is probably the only reasonable way we have before social media we've had to articulate that, you know, dissatisfaction or whatever. We have now, though, have this access to these people in the form of Twitter and Instagram and, like – that we can we can boo in a lot of different ways now. So it is it is all consuming and all encompassing for them. And I'm not, dude, I'm not picking up for them. I'm mostly just taking the opposite side because that's how this works. But like it it's not like when Donovan McNabb played. That's my point. And he still didn't complain as much as these people. He never stepped on the field and gave us the finger or gave us a thumbs down. But no, down. My, my point is like Ben Simmons, bad example, walks off the court, opens his phone, and all he reads is people people like me, people like you tweeting at him, t- death threats. And I know you're saying it's not the personal stuff, but like there's an element of of access that we have that didn't exist in the, in the past that has to get to people. I don't care if you're the most mentally strong athlete on the planet. There's no way that you ignore that constant megaphone of people just berating you. I agree that we should be allowed to boo. I think that there's an element, a line that we've crossed that like booing is never, booing during the game is never just going to be booing. So are you saying that before I boo, I need to think about how much flack this person got on Twitter and be conscious of his feelings or her feelings? No, I'm saying when you're making these broad generalizations about about people being soft, it's not just because they got booed because they struck out in the second inning. It's because they struck out in the second inning and then they went and opened their phone and like 16 dudes in sunglasses said that they wanted to kill them and their and their cat died and they spilled the milk before they poured it into their cereal that morning like where, where did we draw the line i don't know uh, like i i i totally hear what you're saying megan i i think if you're the kind of person that tweets at an athlete you're a effing loser which there are so 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 many of them right and so like i it's every I, person I get, who calls into that. wip <laughs> I'm referring to booing at a game. I know. And, and I'm not, I, I don't care if they don't want to get the flack on Twitter or Instagram or anything else, then I'm sorry. You have to delete, you have to just not carry those apps and not have a cell phone until you're done playing professional sports. I mean, and dude, that's like the worst solution I've but, ever But I mean, heard. what, like, then, then look, there's, there's consequences that, or not consequences, there are, 
it's the word I'm looking for. Things you need to deal with. Um, Expectations of being an athlete. But there's just, there's not responsibilities. I can't think of the word. There's obligations. Circumstances that you have to deal with if you want to be a professional athlete today. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. A, and maybe they should do a better job of coaching these these athletes up as they are making it through the ranks to get to the pros on how to deal with social media, how to deal with this, how to deal with their money, how to deal. Because if you want to make that money and you want to be paid and and enjoy a livelihood for playing the sport that you love, you're going to have to deal with X, Y, and Z. One, and guess what? When you go to the game and you you suck, you're probably going to get booed. Deal with it. I mean, we talked about it before, but Brooks Kepka and the whole thing with the oh, Brooks Kepka, um, Brooksy DeChambeau yeah. with being called Brooksy, by, which is a funny <laughs> thing that fans do because they're just getting under his skin. Mm-hmm. And now the PGA is is coming out and saying that anybody who taunts him with the Brooksy comment is going to get tossed from the from the event. Like, I I I, 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 I can agree with that. Why? Because it's it's personal. Now you're getting personal. How's that personal? He doesn't. He, he, it's clear that he and this other guy don't get along, yeah. and now you're poking the bear with that. Yeah, I think I think it, that. So to you, it's literally the word "boo" that applies, and everything else outside of it is no go. If you're giving someone flack because their game sucks without being like an asshole about it, whether it be a boo or a sigh or whatever it is, I think it's fine. As soon as you like. I think there's a line that you cross. Like if if you were to like stand up in the in the in the stadium and be like, "Ben, you can't make a free throw to save your life. My little sister has a, a higher a field goal percentage than you." Like I think that guy crossed the line. <laughs> really? Wanna, yeah. That guy crossed the line. Sure. See, that's oh. where I'm like, that's good. That's fine. I, but I, I think what we're describing is too black and white. Like it's impossible. To, to create a scenario in which there's like acceptable booing because we all know too many assholes where like it, it just wouldn't exist. It's impossible. So then let's just focus on boo. <laughs> boo all you want. Right? When fans boo, that's acceptable. Yes. And what happened with the Mets was they thumbed them down because they were booing them. Yes. Which I- is honestly hysterical i think it's funny i do it's the match yes i do think it's funny if it was my team i'd be pissed i don't know really like i think it's even more funny because it's baseball (laughs) (laughs) i think it's a very interesting topic i'd love to, to kick it around with a couple of my buddies at a bar and a few beers but uh i struggle with letting them off the hook i think they're just i think they're just coddled too much they're too coddled and Ben Simmons is the perfect example. Danny Green, Danny Green, like go, like get out of here, Danny. And, I mean, what would Mike Schmidt, what would Allen Iverson say to these guys if they were in the same room? And like, are you, are you kidding me? Booing, <laughs> booing. <laughs> like Allen got so much flack, and obviously every person's different. He handled it so well because he went out there and he busted his ass. But Meg's point is valid. Different time without the phones and without the constant just endless critique and meanness and viciousness from one individual after another after another i mean not in the heat of the game aren't there ways to avoid that like like did every professional athlete grab the newspaper and read it the next day dude that's not even on the same why not it it is to that time frame it is no it's it's not your phone it'd be one loser beat writer who never played a sport criticizing mike schmidt or whatever and and they get pissed about it because it was a it was a less than positive article. Don't be on Twitter. <laughs> why, why is that so difficult? Because they're so we're talking about their livelihood, right? It's their brand, their existence as athletes is not just on a field or in a stadium or on a court. It is as a brand that exists on Twitter, that exists on Instagram, that exists in perpetuity on the internet. Right. So have your publicist run your Twitter account. Dude, you're You're just upset that I have solutions for you guys. No, I no, I'm upset that you're you're think you think you have solutions. Like I, a person who has zero followers, I live on my phone. Like somebody who whose life is 
like directly influenced and impacted by what people say. You're going to just tell them to, oh, just turn it off. It's like the seems like a very reasonable solution. No, it's it's the no. Josh Brown turned off his Twitter because he was getting abused. By oh, I, he's probably soft. What generation is he from? <laughs> he's soft. He's soft. I don't know what else to tell you. It's not like every generation's hard. Like <laughs> like was hardcore. There's obviously people in every generation are soft. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not what you're saying. You're saying this generation. You are generalizing. <laughs> now you're putting words in my mouth. No, you want me to go back to the tapes? Yeah, roll the tapes. <laughs> yeah. All, All right. right. We could keep going, but it probably isn't worth People it. People don't want to hear us ranting. <laughs> All right. Top five voices. So were we, were we doing singing or were we doing like the sound of someone's voice i did mostly the latter but i had a couple singers okay but i i did it all like all as one kind of okay i can i can mesh i can do a mesh a mashup okay you want to go first sure uh um so i have James Earl Jones, mm-hmm. Freddie Mercury, lead singer of Queen. Yeah, I'm not sure I know what he sounds like, only what's his face's interpretation of him. Right. He sounds pretty much the same. <laughs> oh, really? He did a good job? Yeah. You've seen Bohemian Rhapsody, right? No. Okay. You're talking about a singing voice or a speaking voice? His singing voice. Okay, he okay, was so like he he I've... just he was able to belt out yeah, songs okay. like well, crazy. I've, I've heard that. So James Earl Jones was a was a voice voice. Freddie Mercury singing. <laughs> I have Harry Callis for voice voice. Um, I have Ariana so Ariana Grande for singing, wow. obviously, and my number one's Whitney. Oh, so you went mostly singers? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly female. Yeah. Mostly singers. Actually, no, it wasn't mostly female. <laughs> but yeah, my top two, <laughs> Whitney and Ariana. Like Whitney, but to me, is like just just on another level. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Um, you want to go? Sure. Yeah, I, I had callus on my list. How can you not have callus yeah. on your list? I kind of, st- I don't think I have any musician. These are all just voice voices. I got Morgan Freeman. He's got to be in there. Uh. <laughs> um. I got Sean Connery in there too. That's not bad. That's a good one. Um, and I've got Hank Azaria because he you does love so Hank Azaria. Many great voices. Just his versatility is awesome. I don't know who he is. Is he the guy from? Uh, He's a, many voices on The Simpsons. Simpsons, okay. Oh, I'm thinking of the guy from that uh, that baseball series that you recommended I watch. Yeah, that's him. That's uh, him. Brockmire. Yeah. Brockmire. It's yeah. Brockmire. <laughs> yeah. Um, my other two are sports, and you, you won't know the one. It's, um, but Gary Thorne was so great in the '90s doing the NHL playoffs. Just and I, it might even be coming back next year. Wow, it was just legendary. And then number one, this is just like you're sitting on the couch. It's probably Thanksgiving. It's Pat Summerall in the background calling a football. That's game. That's a really good one too. Yeah, I'm I mean su- him and Madden, but Summerall was great. I'm surprised you didn't have Gene Hart on your list. Yeah. Didn't even like get a sniff. <laughs> I thought about it, but okay. Yeah, um, we're not going to know anyone on her list. <laughs> okay, so I had Morgan Freeman, um, Barack Obama. Really, I, dude, his voice—he's such a like. You don't think so? Not like calming. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's calming, if it's unique, if it's very like nerdy. No, no. I um, lost Perot on my list. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. So I have Seth MacFarlane for like kind of similar for the reason you have what's his face, Um, Adele. She's like, she's one of my like. If I just need something, she's a very easy go-to. She was my alternate. One, two, three, four, and then this one is mostly because like of uniqueness. DMX. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Would would Dave Chappelle have made anyone's list? Nah. Really? Uh, yeah, I would have considered him. Okay. 
Yeah. That was the only one I was a little little iffy on. What about Chris Rock? Would that have made anyone's list? No. No. Like his voice just makes me laugh. Like <laughs> well, whenever that's a I reason he, for it to make your list. Yeah. yeah. He was uh, he was a In close yeah, yeah, a close alternate. Um I just thought you guys would laugh at me for it, so I didn't I didn't include it. Well, you did both laughed at me for Barack, so <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for listening. See ya. See ya. <laughs>